I'm pulling my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay. So today's, uh, today's topic is an interesting one. Um, so one of the things I find when uh, I talk to people is they believe that I have the ability to do whatever I want, that I have ultimate authoritative power, and I can just change things at my whim. Um, and the reality is that what I do is a collaborative effort, that I work with a lot of different people, and that if I have something I want to do, that doesn't necessarily mean I get to do it. So today's podcasts are about fights I've had, about magic things, where I lost. These are fights where I want to do something different, and I lost the fight, that I didn't get the thing I wanted to do. Um, and so I'm going to walk through, I'm going to sort of give, explain sort of uh, the setup for how it got there, and then kind of why I've lost the fight. Um, now, some of these doesn't mean that I forever lost the fight, because I'm a stubborn man, but uh, most of these are things that I've lost. Um, uh, some of these I, I have tried on multiple times, I'll, I'll talk about them, but multiple times to uh, change them. Um, but anyway, uh, I just thought it'd be a fun topic to talk about fights that I have lost. Okay, so we're going to begin with a pretty minor one, but one that is uh, that uh, has dogged me all the day. So, um, way back when, back when I first got to Wizards, back in 1995, um, we used to, uh, when we were doing creature types, we were very, um, we got very detailed. Like, let's say we had a falcon. We'd say falcon. Well, creature type, falcon. And then you have pigeon. It's like, creature type, pigeon. You know, and we, and at some point we said, you know what, wouldn't it be better if, Things that were of a similar type had just a singular creature word, creature type word, so that we could then make you care about those things. So, for example, instead of having pigeon and you know all the different birds, what if just there were bird? What if all birds were bird? That it wasn't falcon, you know, it wasn't all these individual things, and that way we can make a lore of birds or something that cared about birds. Although the first bird lord we made was particularly good, but we've made others that were better. Um, so the idea is, we said, look, let's start consolidating our creature types of things that are across the board. And so we look, mostly we were looking at animals where like, you know, we would, we would name a bunch of different things. So let's just consolidate them. So for birds, we said, okay, instead of doing all the different kinds of birds, let's just do bird. Everybody like, sounds good. And then we were looking at um, all the different sort of, you know, lion and panther and like, what if we just, it's cat. They're all in the cat family, they're cat. Everybody's on board. Uh, and then we got to all the different kinds of dogs, because there's a bunch of different kinds of dogs. And we're, and we're like, okay, what if we call that dog, creature type dog? Uh, and then Bill said, no, 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 no. Um, Bill was very fond of Dungeon Dragons, and Dungeon Dragons there are the hellhounds. And so Bill said, what if we call them hounds rather than dogs? And I said, okay, but the problem is, you know, hound is a kind of dog. Um, I understand sometimes people, you know, the word hound sometimes can be synonymous with dog. I get that. But it's also, there's such a thing as a hound. Like, if you look at a, a dog that's a different kind of dog than a hound and say, like, I'm not making poodles and magic, but uh, let's say you saw a poodle and say, hey, look at that pretty hound. You're like, no, that's a poodle. It's not a hound. Um, so I decided to, to fight for, I go, how about dog? That's the generic term. You go, cat, dog. We have cats and we have dogs. Um, but Bill really, really liked hound. And so 
this got into a large argument. Um, and I think what Bill did is just pleaded to people's love of Dungeons and Dragons and Hellhounds and such. And so um, I got outnumbered. I got outnumbered by people that wanted hound versus dog. Um, and I tried, and I really, you know, I, I made the I made the plea of, you know, um, you know, dog is a more generic term. It matches cat, which we've chosen. You know, hound, while at times it's synonymous with with dog in general, is a specific kind of dog. And it's weird to have another kind of dog and call it a hound when it's clearly not a hound. Um, but I lost. I lost that argument. And then, um. I don't know, maybe five or six years later, it came up again. And I'm like, okay, let's rally the cause of the dog. Let's rally dog again. And I said, okay, come on, guys. It's now's the time to right the wrong. Let's call this dog. And people are like, eh, we call it hound. Why change it? Why? It's not worth the bother of changing it. And so I lost again. And then yet a third time, um, about, I don't know, five years ago, um, it got raised again. And this time I had a few more people. Like the person who raised it wasn't even me. Somebody else brought it up. But I said, okay, I will champion the fight. And so we had a meeting. We have uh, we call it card crafting where uh, we go. In, and so we actually got into a card crafting meeting. And um, I was like, okay, look, look, we, it's a changeover of people. It's new people. Uh, I don't think Bill was even at the meeting. So it's like, okay, the, uh, you know, the, the hound people aren't necessarily here. It's a new bet. We can start afresh. So I, I made an elegant plea for dog. Uh, others made elegant pleas for dog. I wasn't even alone this time. Um, and so we went around and we talked and we voted. Uh, and in the end, hound outnumbered dog. Not by as much. Like it wasn't like before where I was completely outnumbered. But it was like, ah, 60, 40. It was like just a little bit more wanted hound than dog. And changing requires, like, we tend not to change things unless there's a a pretty much a majority that want to change it, that there's, you know, a push toward changing it. So the idea that we lost by a little bit and we were the change, we were the thing trying to change from the status quo meant that we went down in defeat yet again. Uh, so that is what, and I'm, I've not given up the fight. I do believe dog is the correct thing. I, I believe that hound is, um, in fact, I've made fun of it. Uh, uh, in uh, Un- Unhinged, there's a card called Bingo. Uh, B-I-N-G-O, technically, actually. Um, and in the flavor text, because uh, uh, your the idea was you play the card like a bingo card. There's a board on it, and then you you can sort of give it an advantage if you get a bingo. And then we named it bingo, and then named it a dog, make it a dog like the the song bingo. Um, and so the flavor text was there was a farmer he had a hound because I was making fun of the hound thing. Um, but anyway, uh, I it, it keeps coming up at work. I, I, there are there are other people who know that I like dog, who are in the dog camp. So there are other dog fans there. Um, but anyway, maybe one day, maybe one day it's a fight that I will win, but uh, I have thrice, thrice thus far have not won it. So that is one of my fights that I've not won. Okay, while we're talking creature types, let me talk about my other creature type fight that I've sadly lost. So, um... This one goes back to Mirage. So once again, kind of in the early days of me being here, um, we were making Mirage, and um, we were making a card that made lots of one-one tokens in green. And I thought, I, I for some reason, I, I just was really tickled by the idea of what if they were squirrels? Like, what 
what is something... So one of the things I've always believed is each color has a sense of humor. Now, some people have more obvious senses of humor. Like, reds is very... Red likes slapstick and just like, you know, red likes the, the low-hanging kind of like, it's just funny, you know, um, where, you know, blue likes sophisticated wordplay, white likes formula kind of jokes. But anyway, green to me, what green finds funny is the idea that people sort of misunderstand nature. Um, so, for example, <coughs> the idea that something that people see as innocuous can be dangerous Green finds funny. So the idea, for example, of a person being overwhelmed by squirrels is funny to Green. Um, because Green inherently understands that nature is nature and that no one thing truly is harmless. So the idea that you would think of a squirrel as harmless and then watch, you know, the idea of a sort of a, a attacking squirrels, Green finds, I, I think, hilarious. I mean, it's funny to Green. You know, it, it is, hilarious is the wrong word. Um, overusing the words, but... Uh, Green finds it, green finds it entertaining. It, it, it's interesting. It's funny to green. Um, so there's a card called "Waiting in the Weeds," and so I I got everybody to sign off on that. It made squirrel tokens. Now, if anyone who I've told the story, uh, the art part of the story many times, which is the art comes back. We had the, in the art description we had said not to show the creature. You just see their eyes in the in the darkness. But the uh, artist actually drew these cat creatures. So we didn't specify they were squirrels, um, and I had to change the card. But I really got it in my hand that the squirrels would be fun. Um, and so uh, every chance I got, I would try to get some squirrels and magic. So uh, Urza's Legacy, I um, did the card concepting, meaning I was the one who figured out what the, car- what the cards represented and then wrote... I ended up basically writing the art description, although, I, I mean, I would write it, run it by the art director, and they would tweak it a little bit. Um, but I figured out sort of what... It, the card concept means... What exactly are we seeing? What, what is the card representing? And it also says, mechanically, you know, what, is, what does the card represent flavorfully to match what it is mechanically? Um, and so, for example, there's a card there called, what was the card? Uh, plus seven, plus seven. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of it. But anyway, I decided what, the thing I had always disliked about giant growth effects was it was never clear. Early giant growth would, like, show something in isolation and, like, well, maybe it's big, but who knows? You're seeing it in isolation. Um, so I decided that I wanted to show something. So uh, I said, okay, let's show a squirrel towering over a forest. Because clearly a squirrel is not supposed to be that big. And you see a squirrel in contrast to a forest, you're like, wow, that's a really big squirrel. Squirrels aren't that big. Um, and then I found other opportunities to sort of find places where we can put squirrels. Then, in Odyssey Block, I was in charge of the creative, um, I was in charge of creature types and names and flavor texts for Odyssey. And so I decided, we talked about wanting to not do our traditional, we didn't do elves or goblins or merfolk, we decided to do some different stuff, and that would bite us in the butt later when Onslaught happened the year after. But anyway, we didn't know that at the time. Um, And anyway, so I decided, like, hey, let's do some squirrels. So I put a whole bunch of squirrels in the game. Uh, there was Squirrel Nest and Squirrel Wrangler and Squirrel... There were a bunch of squirrels. Um, uh, and one of the cards I made was Deranged Hermit, which was really good. And so what happened was a bunch of the squirrel cards happened to be on good cards. And so um, there were some decks that made use of the cards. And, you know, if you're going to pick a signifier to name the deck after, why not the thing that's most entertaining to you? So the squirrel cards got a lot of attention. 
Um, and the brand team at the time were like, you know, um, you know, we're badass fantasy. Squirrels aren't to that. Uh, and so there's a lot of pushback at the time in that, you know, we were highlighting the wrong aspect of the game. The game is not about little dinky squirrels attacking you. It's about, you know, big kick-ass monsters and stuff attacking you. Um, and so it was sort of decreed that we should, um, um, I mean, Deranged, Deranged Hermit, uh, I realized, was not in um, Urza's Saga. As it was not in uh, Odyssey. Drain Sherman was in Urza's Legacy, the set that I did the card concept for. Um, and we had got the feedback then, sorry, we would got the feedback then, because the squirrels were getting some high profile. So they talked about wanting to be more badass. So when I made the squirrels in Odyssey, I, the direction I gave was like, let's make more badass squirrels. And like there's a the picture of a squirrel, instead of a nut, it has an eyeball, right? A little... Um, but anyway, I, I think the decision came down that... We wanted to be a little more serious, and that was a little too silly. Uh, and so we were told, um, let's, let's really pull back on the squirrels. Uh, and so for many years, we really didn't put squirrels in Blackboard. I mean, I put them in Silver Border products because they're funny. Um, and I, I, I've tried to... Um, I'm trying to come back and say, okay, I get it. We overdid the squirrels. We put them in the wrong kind of cards. But you know what? We do silly things from time to time, and we do, we, we definitely do cutesy things. What if, hey, you know, we could do squirrels, let's just not do, the, you know, don't, don't make the top tournament card squirrel, but we could do the occasional squirrels. You know, we did some market research. The audiences like squirrels. Uh, in fact, we did one thing once where we tested creature types, and I think squirrels came in fourth. I think it was dragons, angels, goblins, squirrels. Um... And that market research, I think, is what spooked, uh, one of the things that spooked uh, the creative team to go, well, we don't want squirrels. That's not, that's not supposed to be a thing people care about. Um, and so there was a line drawn in the sand about no squirrels in, in Blackboard. I guess we do them silverboard in Blackboard or Magic, or at least in regular standard legal sets. I think we occasionally do a squirrel reference in like supplemental sets. Um, and I have tried many times to overturn the squirrel ban and saying, you know, like, there's a time and place to do squirrels, and I'm not saying our, our, our top-tier tournament card should have squirrel on it. But you know what? We do a lot of cute, silly things. Um, and so I've tried on several occasions to come back and sort of reverse the squirrel ban. Um, I failed. Uh, I even, even a, a, one of the brand team, um, got named Mark Purvis, uh, who was a big fan of squirrels. So I, I've even got the brand team to say, you know, it's okay. You know, we, we don't want the squirrels on the, the main cards, but, you know, um, you know, on the big tournament cards. But, you know, the occasional squirrels okay. Uh, but the creative team really feels like it just, um, like it's popular enough and enough off message that making a squirrel just sort of makes people focus on the squirrel, and that's not what they want. And so I get it, I get it. They, you know, there's... They, there's integrity you want, you know, our, our, our brand is, a, you know, we're more serious than not, but I, I, I just keep fighting for the occasional squirrel, and I've, it's a fight I've lost many times. I've, in fact, I've, I, I've rallied against the squirrel ban on numerous occasions, um, and I've not won. So that's another fight that I have lost. Okay, next. Um, okay, so this one goes back to Onslaught. Um, so we were making the morph mechanic and, um, the, so for those that don't know morph, morph is, a uh, you have creatures that you can play face down 
When you play them face down, they're a 2-2 colorless creature. And then they have a morph cost, and if you pay the morph cost, you can turn them face up to turn them into what they are. So the idea is kind of it's hidden when it's face down. Everything's just a 2-2, and you don't quite know what it could turn into. Um, it's a fun mechanic. So the, the, the fight I had on this one was... Um, at some point, people got it in their head that... Uh, that if I have a 2-2 and you reveal it, that they didn't want a response to you to, to bolt it. So the, the, the people said, you know, what if we just don't put it on the stack? What if we just do it and you can't respond to it? Morph just isn't something that uses the stack. Um, and my issue with it is, is, like, everything uses the stack, and I'm like, I think it gets confusing when, when something that, like, seems like it would use the stack doesn't use the stack. So I, I really fought hard to have it use the stack. Now, I understand that means that in, in response to you un, you know, morphing it, you can bolt it. Um, I get that, and I, I feel like if I giant growth something, you can, like, if I have a 2-2 and I giant growth it, you can bolt it in response. That, that, that's just part of how magic functions. Um, you know, and the reality is if they have a bolt, they probably could have bolted it before, you know. The, the fact that, that, you know, um, the, the fact that in response they can bolt it. I mean, I, I get it. I, I understand, the, but... My big issue was sort of the continuity of... I find when... One of the things I've learned in general about teaching people is the more consistent you are in how things work, the easier it is for people to understand. Um, the reason that English is such a hard language to learn, for example, is we have so many exceptions. Like, I studied Spanish when I was in school, and Spanish is so much more orderly. I mean, not that there aren't exceptions and stuff, but not as many. Like, you know... If you understand sort of how the language is structured, like verbs is a good sense in Spanish, and like it pretty much, there's a rule of how it works, and it, you know, 99% of the time follows the rule. Where English, like major English words, words you use constantly, are just like, nope, we don't follow the rule at all. Um, and it just becomes hard to understand. And so my argument with Morph was, I get the desire to want to not have it on the stack, because that way I get a surprise you and you can't respond to it. Um, I just found that, like, I'd rather we cost things appropriately, you know, but make it something by which, you know, it just works within the system and it works. Like, a lot of people who understand, once you understand the stack, it's, like, really weird that you don't use it. Um, and so, anyway, I tried to stop it during Onslaught. Um, I made a Valiant, but uh, the thing in the end that, that got people was when we had been playing with it, in playtesting, people sort of assumed you couldn't bolt it, and then when it came out to the rules that you could bolt it, um, it was late in the process. So one of the reasons for making it not work with the stack was we had done a lot of testing assuming that's not how it worked, and it was kind of late in the process to make that change and required a lot of recosting. Um, but when we brought it back, when we brought back Morph in Constantar Kier, the issue came up again. Um, and it got raised that, you know, this really is one of those things that people don't quite get because it doesn't follow how everything else works. And I said, you know, I understand if we change it, the power level of the old cards would get affected. But, look, that's, you know, Onslaught is pre-modern, so there's not a lot of people playing modern. It's mostly uh, a casual or, you know, maybe commander or, or a legacy thing. Um, I said, we could balance the new cards for this. You know, it was early enough that we could do that. And so I made a big plea in another card crafting meeting. Um, but, uh, once again, it is hard, like, R&D tends to be, like, 
in order to change something, we need, uh, kind of like Congress, you want to change the Constitution, you need like three-fourths of the people to say, yeah, let's do that. A good chunk of people have to say, yeah, it's a good idea for us to change what we've done. Uh, and aren't these kind of similar in that if you really want to change something, a majority of people, you know, three-fourths have to really believe, no, this is the right thing to do, to sort of change something we've, that we've previously sort of set up and established. And so, while there were people that did want to put it on the stack, there are enough people that are like, look, if I had to start, like, a lot of people said in that meeting, if we had to start all over again, I would have it on the stack. But since Morph has existed, and we did it, you know, in two different blocks before Kanzatark here, being the original Onslaught block and we brought it back to Time Spiral block, um, look, this is just the way it is. It's the way the older players understand it. Why, you know, changing it now seems wrong. And so we didn't change it. So I lost the morph on the stack fight. Um, okay, another one is one of the things that's always bugged me is about uh, multicolor cards. Is that if you look at a white card and you say to somebody, "What what color are those cards?" They'll say white because the card is white. Same with red or black or blue or green. They know what color it is. The problem with multicolor cards is, especially at the time, back in the day. Uh, multicolor cards were completely gold. So if you saw it and saw gold and you wanted to know what color, I mean, you, could, you, you had to look to the mana cost usually. That's the only thing on the card that told you what color it was. And so I, I suggested a radical idea. So I um, got permission to work with the um, whoever does frames. To, my idea was imagine if uh, a white and blue card was half white, half blue. Uh, imagine if a red and green card was half red, half green. And so I uh, got them mocked up. I showed them around. And uh, the general feeling I got was, oh, no, players like gold. I'm like, I know, I know they like gold. It's not that they, so my argument was, it's not that they like gold. What they like is multicolor cards. Multicolor cards have always been gold, so they have an association. But I, I think it's the multicoloredness that they like, not the literally the gold on the card. And people are like, well, but gold's cool. People are like gold. Gold's a valuable thing. You know, like, like, that there is some equity to gold. And I'm like, okay, yes, we've built up equity. We have built up equity for gold. But it's just not functional. Um, and in the end, it was decided that we, th- that's when we, had, we changed the pin lines on the cards. So um, there's a little line that goes around the cards that normally uh, is also the color. So a red card would have a red frame with a red pin line. So we made the decision to change the pin lines on um, on gold cards, so that if you are a red green card, half your pin line is red and half your pin line is green, so that there's a little more of a visual um, indicator on the card that the card is red and green. Um, and I tried telling you, I, I, the frames I thought would do like the, the frames were what I wanted, which was you could at a glance look at the card and just really know what the card was. Um, and I, I fought, I fought valiantly. Um, I had some support. Um, some, of, some of these fights, I, I did not have a lot of support. Some of them I had a decent amount of support. This one, I, I would say I had not nearly enough to, to make it happen, but enough where there were other people fighting the fight, not just myself. Um, so by the way, the, the frames that uh, we did not use, um, so years later, I ended up making hybrid. Um, and I remembered these frames, and I said, oh, you know what, okay, how about we use them for hybrid? Because hybrid also has the issue of its two colors. And so they said, okay, yeah, that seems like a good idea. So if you want to know the frames I'm talking about, 
Uh, we've used them for hybrid, hybrid frames. Those are the frames I was trying to get for multicolor. Uh, and if I had had my, I mean, now we obviously can't make this fight. This is one of those fights I've lost and I've made decisions past that where I can't go back. Those are now the hybrid frames, so I can't now make them the multicolor frame. But if I had magic to do all over, I would have those be the multicolor frames just because it's clear. Um, and what, what I would have done is if you were three or more colors, then I would have put gold on you. The gold would signify three or more because there's no pretty way to show three colors or four colors or five colors on a card. And that I would have used gold to be significant of multicolor, more than two. That's me stressing the word multi. Um, But anyway, that was uh, another fight that I lost. Okay. Um, So here's a fun one that I lost. Uh, So... I, Aaron and I were making a card for some set, uh, Door to Nothingness. I'm guessing that's going to be Fifth Dawn, is my guess. Um, so the card that we made was um, Destroy Target Creature or Player. Uh, and it required a whole bunch of mana. I think it was Wooper Wooper. I mean, really what the card was, was it, it was meant to kill players. But we, we were tickled pink by the idea that just... Like, the way we worded it at the time was target player loses the game. And I was like, I just, I want to make a more novel piece of text that seemed fun to me. And so I said, okay, how, destroy target creature or player just tickled me to no end. Um, but what happened was we got to the, the, the rules manager at the time was Mark Gottlieb. And he's like, look, I, I get it. It's funny. It's funny. But we don't destroy players. That's not how the game works. We, you know, we make them lose the game. We destroy creatures. And I'm like, but uh, my argument was, let's say we show this to a player who has never seen this before. What would they think happens if you destroy a target player? I think they would guess correctly that the player loses the game. Like, I don't, I don't think they would be, like, sometimes there's, there's rules that cause confusion because of sort of the nuance of the rule system. And then there's things that cause problem because people won't understand it. Uh, and I'm all for stopping stuff that causes confusion and je- like I don't mind I don't mind stopping things that like will confuse people we, I don't want to do things that will confuse people um, but things that cause sort of like 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 one of the things I talk about one of the reasons that the rules manager and the head designer and I, so I always joke that, that like the rules manager is my arch enemy um, which is not really true but um, and the reason I joke about it is my job as head designer is to do things we've never done before is to find ways to do things, because there's only so many things you can do in magic. So one of my jobs is to find something we've done before and find a new way to do it. And the rules manager's job is to take everything and put it in the way that we do it. Like, oh, you want to do this brand new thing? Well, here's the way we've probably done it. Let's do it like that. And so I'm trying to constantly do things we haven't done, you know, do things that we've approached but in a way we haven't done, and they're trying to find ways to make it how we've done. And so the fight we always get into is I'm trying to do something new and different that's has a novelty quality to it and they're like no 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 there's a way we've done this before we should use this old words and then it becomes not as exciting because part of what I'm doing is make the excitement um, and this was a good case where like I felt like the rules could support it I didn't get confuse anybody and I thought it was entertaining um, essentially in the end what came back was um, it was one card and um, Gottlieb's argument was like, if we're going to change something because it's a brand new mechanic or it's a major feature, like, there's times and places for us to sort of rewrite things. And he was, he goes, I'm not against doing that. He goes, but there has to be a payoff. There has to be a big enough payoff. And one card, you know, one rare card that people make people chuckle for two seconds, not worth it. 
that, that was his thing. And I fought with him, and I said that, you know, if, we, if, if you could destroy players, if that was a thing, we'd find other places to make use of that, that I think it was kind of fun, it was flavorful. Um, but anyway, uh, I was... I did not win that fight. I, I think I did take that fight. I mean, Godly made the call, and then I... I, I I asked him if I could sort of talk about the people. I didn't want to go over his head. You know, I was like, look, I, I get what you're saying. You know, do you mind if... Uh, and so he, he he and I had this discussion. I'm not sure whether it's... Card, I'm not sure if card crafting existed at the time we had this. But we talked in a larger group about this larger issue. And uh, people backed, back out leave and said, you know, um, yeah, this doesn't seem like it's worth it to cause the, the, the aggravation it would cause. Uh, so no, sorry, no destroy target player. Okay, I'm almost at Rachel's school, so I have one, I'll, I'll do one more. Um, so, uh, there was a card called a Chroma. So, a Chroma is, is the onslaught story. Um, this guy named Ixalan that had the ability to make, make things, like anything he could imagine, he could bring it to reality. Uh, he was a reality sculptor, as they called him. Anyway, um, so he made his angel name a Chroma. And we, a Chroma was a really important part of the story. So somebody made the chroma. I don't remember who it was, whether it was Bill or Mike or someone made it. And what they did is they just gave it every, every creature ability they could think of that made any sense. So it was like, it's, it's, she's an angel, so she flies. Of course, she has vigilance. A lot of angels have vigilance. And she has um, first strike, and she has trample, and she has haste, which is the only white thing that ever had haste uh, without needing a red thing around. Um, but anyway... Uh, it's what we call a kitchen sink design, which is just, it just has everything on it. And there is entertainment value to that. I, it's not that I dislike kitchen sink cards. They're fun, and players like them. Um, we don't do them very often, but I mean, I, I mean it's, it's kind of fun to just go, it's got everything, you know, that is fun. Um, but my issue was, this was a cornerstone of the story, you know, she, nothing about her, like, like it, it, it did make a splashy card out of it, but it didn't really reinforce her story at all. Like, she was an artificially made creature. You know, she really had this sort of need for vengeance. Like there's a lot of sort of elements of her character that I thought the card did not cover. So I fought really hard to stop this design of a chroma because what I wanted a chroma to be was something that was, like, that captured who she was as a character. I felt like you made a really cool card and then just put it on a... Like, this is one of our story characters that we want people to know about. Like, I... What I'd done with Phage was, Phage was another character from the same storyline where, and Phage and Akroma would have a giant fight and then merge into a Corona, um, along with another third person. Um, so Phage was, her touch was deadly. So I made a card that had Death Touch, although previously death, being, being called Death Touch. And then when it did damage to a player, it killed them. Damage to a player was instant death, which we'd never done before. Uh, so it's kind of like a, I, in fact, I designed the card earlier as a, like, a super basilisk, and then realized it'd be perfect fit for Phage. So I was, like, so happy with my Phage. I'm like, oh, Phage, like, has this cool splashy mechanic, and it is exactly the character. And I felt that a chroma wasn't that. Um, and the counter-argument was, look, it's one of our characters. We want people to care about it. I think she might have even been in the packaging. We're like, we want her to care about it. We just want an awesome, cool card. This is an awesome, cool card. Um, and so uh, I got overruled. Now, the funny thing is, years later, we did this thing. Uh, this is prior to head-to-head existing. But on, on, the, um, on the website, we did a giant head-to-head. A giant I've been trying to have them do 
that you know the head-to-head where things fight each other every day and you vote every day forever. Yeah, uh, and I just never got traction on doing it. Um, mostly because they wanted automated and it required writing a script. Like right now, I just I perfectly do it every day, but it requires me doing it. And they didn't want they didn't want somebody to have to do it every day. So, um, but anyway, we did do one of them, which was we did uh, we had sixty four legendary uh, characters, and then we had a head to head, and a chroma won the whole thing. And a part of her winning the thing, one of the sort of the rewards is we had an Acroma week, and then in Time Spiral, we repeated Acroma on the time shifted sheet, uh, and then on the second time shifted sheet um, in Planar Chaos, we made an alt version of her, a red version of her, and then in uh, uh, Future Sight, we made her memorial that sort of hinted that you know she had died, so we sort of had an Acroma thing that ran through it. Um, so obviously, in retrospect, I was wrong on this one. Um, Players loved Acroma so much that I mean, not just loved Acroma in the moment. She was popular in, in, um, in uh, onslaught. Was she, was she or onslaught, onslaught or legions? I think she was. I think she was in onslaught and Phaedra was in legions. But anyway, onslaught black. Um, but anyway, that's one of those fights that I lost that I look back on and I go, okay. Like a lot of the fights I've had. I mean, it's one funny. Thing. I mean, maybe I just brought up the fights where I, I, I feel I'm inherently correct. Um, Okay, I have time for one one more real quick fight uh, that I lost because um, I a little bit of traffic. Um, and this one I wrote a whole article about. Uh, uh, Zach Hill and I, he was the one who wrote the development team at time, did a um, did a uh, point counterpoint on, which is targeted draw. So one of the things I believe is I believe that um, um, one of the cool things about magic is when you use cards in ways that aren't really what they're intended to do. Um, that you feel very clever. So I really like targeting things. And I especially like targeting things that you normally would like, like one of the cool things about like lightning bolts or direct damage is we say target creature or, or player with the idea that, well, you're pretty much going to pick your opponent's creature or your opponent. But every once in a while you figure out a reason why you want to do yourself. You want to shock or bolt your own thing. And you feel really clever when you do that. And so I felt the same way about draw. Normally you want the card, but if we say target... Um, then, you know, if you want to mill your opponent out or something, there's different reasons why you might want to give them cards. And so I made sure early on that whenever we had draw, it was targeted. And that came to bite us in the butt a few times, like Brain Guy, not Brain Geyser, um, uh, Stroke of Genius. Um, and there was people who were convinced that it was confusing that it said target player draws a card. Why, why not just say you draw a card? And so it was decided in R&D to make that the default, that if we're going to make a card drawing card, that, I mean, there's, if there's a reason to make a target, if they weren't against, in the set, like, the set, you had a set that had a morph theme, maybe you make the card drawing and that set targeted. But the idea was the default was, um, was not targeted. And I really, I felt that went fundamentally against kind of what makes magic cool. And that, plus, for multiplayer play, sometimes you want it for political reasons or to help a teammate. I'm like, there's just cool things about draw being targeted. And I fought, and I fought, and I fought, and I lost that fight. Um, I mean, basically, what, what in the end, what it said was, draw by default should be not targeted, especially in sets aimed at, you know, more lower-level players. Um, and in a set that needs it, if there's a reason for it to be targeted, it can be, but it should be targeted because there's a specific reason, not just a generic reason. Um, and if you want to hear, I did a long plea on it. Um, it's the, very, the only ever, although Sam and I talked about doing another one, but I did a thing called Point Counterpoint where I wrote one side and Zach Hill was doing the, um, the developer column at the time, latest developments. 
Um, and he did the other one. Uh, and anyway, if you want to sort of see, like, it's a good example of an issue that you might think, like, wow, you know, how much could there be to this issue? And I wrote 3,000 words on it. And Zach wrote 3,000 words on the opposite side of it. And, you know, it's actually a pretty deep thing. Um, but it was yet another fight that I lost. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully today, one of my goals of today is to talk about how that, you know, I don't, because I'm in front of the people, uh, you know, I'm in front of people. I, I'm the sort of the face, if you will, that people assume, I don't know, the ultimate power that I'm in charge of everything. It's a lot of things that I am not in charge of and I don't do. And even the things I do do, I need buy off that, you know, it's, it's a group, a group collaborative effort. So I don't just get to do things in a vacuum. I can make suggestions or try things, but in the end, I need other people to sort of buy into it. Um, and anyway, today we're just talking about how, hey, there's some fights that I lost. Now, I will say, dog versus hound, I still believe dog is right. Target to draw, I still believe target to draw is right. More from the stack, I still believe more from the stack is right. Um, a chroma, I believe I was wrong. That, that was me being wrong. Uh, squirrels, I still believe is correct. Multicolor frames, um, I would have done that if we started over, but um, I lost that fight. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to win that fight. And destroy target player, eh, I think they're probably right. Probably that's not something for black border magic. Maybe if someone lets me make a third unset, I would, I would do destroy target player. Um, I don't know who, anyone who has the right to help me do that is listening to the show. But anyway, um, so guys, that is sort of, a, you get to hear some fights, get to hear some times that I lost the fight. I talk a lot about the fights that I win. I, I do whole podcasts on the fights that I won. So I, I feel you get at least one podcast where like, and I lost this time and I lost that time and I lost it. It's a podcast of me losing. But anyway, I'm now at Rachel's school. So we all know what that means. It means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of making magic... Sorry, instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.